Hey there, welcome back to the Beauty Marketing Simplified podcast. Now, one of the complaints I commonly hear from beauty professionals is they don't have enough consistent clients. So week to week and even month to month, they worry if their calendar will be filled and booked with new appointments. The good news is I've helped tons of beauty professionals that are just like you with the same issue that now have a booming business. But even better news is you'll be so excited to know that I have a free workshop called Get Consistent Clients Now. And in this free two-part virtual workshop, I'll be sharing the number one strategy to attract premium clients and bring five to 10 new clients in each month. I'll share with you the Amplify method to get more visibility while conveying your value so that you can increase client appointments. You'll learn the steps to stand out as a go-to beauty professional from your competition and convert prospective clients into buyers. And most importantly, I'll reveal your biggest opportunity for success so you can build momentum fast and get to that six-figure and up beauty business with less stress. So you're not spending all your time on social media or wasting time with ads that don't convert into new clients. You can find out more information about this simple system and join the free online workshop at aprilmeast.com forward slash live, or check the show notes for more details. You don't want to miss this opportunity, and I can't wait to see you then. Okay, guys, we are back for another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified podcast, and we're continuing with our Beauty Boss series for another inspirational story. And I'm so excited to bring my guest to you today. It's Taryn Darling. And woo, sound the applause. Everybody is excited for this episode, myself included. Taryn and I go way back. We've known each other for, gosh, what, 2000 and since 2008, I want to say. I think so. SBCP. Yeah. But I'm going to read her formal bio for anybody that doesn't know. And, and then we'll jump into the interview. So Taryn Darling has been a cosmetic tattoo artist for over 20 years. That's amazing. Her background and experience in body tattooing elevated her to be one of the most skilled, versatile, and standout permanent makeup artists in the industry. She owns Girls Inc. Studio, along with her partner, Kat, in Las Vegas, where she proudly trained and now houses several top artists. She became the master distributor for LI Pigments in 2011, and she has started and cultivated the Girls Inc. Supply Store. She is a founding partner in Shades and Strokes, and that's with Mary Richardson, and the first and longest running brow class to teach all techniques. That's so awesome. Powder brow, machine strokes, and microblading. She's a founding partner in Skinful Beauty, which is produced some of the best and most innovative permanent makeup products in the industry today. She's also the founding partner in America the Beautiful and launched the Girls Inc. Online Academy last July. Woo! So this is a resume here. Good stuff. All this while staying on top of her game with her procedure skills, holding hands-on classes, and remaining humble, which I would put a, an exclamation point there, remaining humble. That is one of the biggest things that I would say about you. You're so down to earth, and you've helped so many in the industry. So Welcome, Taryn. I'm so excited to have you. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you invited me. It's yeah. good to see you. <laughs> I know. I, I know. It feels like forever since we haven't been in person at a conference. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So when we look at this list of, you know, all of these accomplishments, sometimes hearing it back yourself, are you like, wow, look at look at all I've done, right? I've come, I've come far. You've come a long way, baby. 
Yeah, it's crazy because you you don't wake up every day and think about what you've accomplished or, you know, what what you've done. You just don't. It, it very seldom does it cross your radar and you get to stop and pause and think about it. So new normally when I do these kind of things is when you're reminded of yeah, what you've done. It's, it's really um it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, surreal. It it's still a little surreal to be honest with you. Yeah. And so let's, I mean, we look at this and so many things that we can take from this, but let's start with when you took over distributing LI pigments and what has that journey been like? One of the best journeys of my life. It's been one of the best, you know, the people at LI, Darlene and Mattia, they're like my family now. So it was one of the big, big blessings, not just in my business life, but my personal life. Um, I've grown as a human being, just knowing the people at LI. They're, they're just really amazing people. And, you know, what, what it did was it allowed Kat to quit her job and to come on over to Girls Inc. and, you know, work at Girls Inc. with me. So it created a lot of opportunity for, you know, Kat and I personally, and it allowed me to represent, teach, and distribute a pigment that I was super loyal to, you know, for six years prior ever being asked. So yeah, it's it's quite an honor. So uh, today, uh, Darlene, you know, we're much more than distributor-manufacturer relationship. It goes much much deeper than that for you know us in LI. So yeah, it's uh it's great. <laughs> yeah, right, April. Yeah. And you took that brand because I remember I remember Darlene speaking at an SPCP conference, and this was like. I want to say it was like 2008 or nine or somewhere around there. And she's so kind of quiet, like kind of quiet. not. Yeah. Not, I mean, not she has really. all of, yeah, she has all of the knowledge, but she just didn't really put herself out there. She got up on stage. She held her own. But when you kind of took over as I don't want to say the voice of the brand, but you really got it out there. Yeah, she's, you know, her and Mattia, they're, they're quiet until you get to know them. <laughs> then, well, Mattia's still quiet. She's quiet. You know, Darlene, her and I talk almost every single day. So yeah, 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 yeah. She's not really quiet. Okay. But um, <laughs> they're chemists. They're manufacturers. Different. They don't direct sell. They don't want to direct sell. They don't market. LI is, you know, just um, a really uh, it's a smaller mother-daughter-owned uh, pigment manufacturer. You know, it's got about 17 employees. Most of the employees have been there 15 years or, or longer, April. And they really enjoy being in the lab and formulating and developing products, making the existing lines like Aquam Velvet better. They're constantly, you know, working on existing lines to, to make them even better. And so when I got to be a distributor, yeah, there was like no marketing. There was None of this. I had no idea I was I was I was a marketer or I was going to be good at it or I would enjoy it. But that was part of my responsibility was getting the word out how great Li was. And um, so that was a learning curve for me. I didn't know how to do it at first. I don't, I don't like people being aggressive with me, selling me stuff. So I'm not a hard sell person. I respect boundaries. I know people don't want marketing stuff in their face all the time. They don't like a hard sell because I don't like that. So I figure most people are like me. So I had to find a kind of a cool kind of, you know, creative way to get the word out about LI. So hopefully I've done 
them proud. We've done it. Yeah, for sure. Really yeah, well. So quiet's probably not the right word. Probably more like behind the scenes, right? They like are way was, behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah Darlene, look, just the other, yeah, just yeah. the other day, you know, she was trying to get on Instagram and I'm like, oh my good lordy. <laughs> She's, you know, they are not on Facebook. They are not yes. on Instagram. Right. They are not yeah. social media people. They don't direct sell. They don't, they're, they're not comfortable with all that. That's just mm -hmm. not them as people uh, at all. They don't even have personal and private Facebook or Instagram accounts. You know, that's just, it's just not them at all. So did you think like, how am I going to promote this or did it just evolve or how did that process begin where you really just started getting out? Maybe it was tandem with just building your brand in general. Yeah, I just started really posting my own work and, and labeling it, L.I. Hazelnut. I just started posting my own work. And for, you know, six and a half years or so while I was using L.I. before I was a distributor, I wouldn't give that information. <laughs> you know, I was a trainer here in the U.S. and uh, I was not really on social media and I just wasn't real you know vocal with that information but once I became a distributor then I had to let people know my own work you know for the last six years has, has all been performed with LI pigments so I basically it was very organic April I didn't know any other way it was just posting my own work posting eyebrows that were three or four years old posting yes. eyeliner that was six and seven years old and then people that had trained with me or knew me over the years like Shannon Zuckerfoss, you know, my, my crew from SPCP, they would just send me pictures. I would email them, hey, do you got any good pictures, heel pictures of LI or anything LI that's three, four years old? People would send me pictures and I just started posting those. That was my marketing for probably a couple of years. Yeah. And then I remember someone from the UK, if I could remember her name, I can't remember her name, but she started following me on Facebook and she liked the work and she bought a couple bottles. And then she started raving about it. And then everybody in the UK started, you know, purchasing it. And so the UK um, market uh, built, you know, rather quickly. And so it's kind of this really organic, beautiful thing. The works kind of spoke for itself. That's how it started. And if I was, to, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But if I'm looking at that from a marketing standpoint and I'm breaking it down, it really seems like what you were doing is you were actually you know, thinking outside of the box on a new way of showing the product. And what you were doing is you were really just sharing your recipes that nobody else was doing, right? right. You were sharing the recipes and saying, look, here's the pigment that I'm using to get this result. And people were, it was like, it was mind blowing for a lot of people, right? Because we were like, wow, nobody was really showing that. And you were backing it up with the healed result. And I think that that was, a, it's funny because you were transparent and authentic before that was like a quote thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny, right? I didn't know that was the thing to do. I thought it just was. You yes, are right. just honest and yeah. transparent, you know? It's just, that's just. But they weren't back then. No, no. As much, right? Like we've As come much. a long way, right? We've all. Yeah, come. yeah, yeah. And a little, like I said, I didn't have a marketing mind. You know, I was just a tattooer, basically. But what I decided to do was when we launched our very first store, it was a very simple store, but under each color, I would upload, you know, the little tile pictures on a store. I would upload healed pictures of that particular brow. And no one had thought to do that before on a store. 
I think that was really helpful. So when people that didn't know LI or weren't familiar with LI, you know, they would go into the store to, let's say, buy hazelnut. But under hazelnut, there was five, six, seven healed pitchers, some aged pitchers. So they could look at those pitches and go, oh, okay, that's what hazelnut looks like on um, a client that looks like this. Oh, that's what hazelnut looks like three years later on a client that looks like this. Uh, so I thought that was really super, I was really proud of myself that I thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> and the starter kits and, and all of, because basically what you were doing is you were taking what was out there and you were like, how can I think of a new way to showcase this? Right. And so yeah. just to, yeah. just to, for the listeners, right. And like whatever you're doing with your services, permanent makeup or any beauty services, take what you're doing and think of what is a new way I can showcase it? What is a new way I can talk about it? What is a new, right. you know, whether it's a behind the scenes, whatever it is, like what is a new way, a new angle, so to speak, that I can, you know, show this that's helpful to people, right? And that's what right. you're doing. You were solving problems. You were answering questions. Yeah. I think putting yourself out there as a mentor and really being available. I mean, I used to sit in bed until one in the morning. I mean, three hours every day, dedicated. I still do April. I don't really have three hours to get dedicate daily, but every single night and morning, you know, Kat and I are, and I'm answering questions, you know, and mentoring people. And most of these people I will never, ever meet a majority. Some of these people, they don't even use LI. <laughs> they, you know, they might even use other pigments, yeah. but for whatever reason, they trust me that I'm not going to ridicule them if, if the work, you know, if maybe they went a little deep or um, that's always been my big thing. I never, ever, 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 ever in my career, nor would I ever make someone feel terrible or ashamed of doing a procedure that didn't heal well, right? You see that happen on social media, right? You know, and it's really sad to me. I mean, we all started somewhere. We all have bad work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I developed like people just trust me that I'm like just last night, you know, I had someone send me, you know, and, uh, and, and she performed the work and it's got to, it, it, it needs to be removed. Yeah. So I think just, you know, people feel comfortable with you and trusting you and knowing that you're authentic. And, um, you know, and if I make a misstep, I'm the first one to put it out there and say, you know, say, hey, I'm sorry or, you know, whatever, if we've had issues with uh, a couple of pigments in LI, you know, we put it out there that, you know, with cocoa back in the day, we had to change that formula. Uh, I just think being transparent, people don't want to be surprised, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Just own it. Like whatever own it is. It. Like, just say like, look, hashtag human. I make mistakes all the time. This yes. Is, you know, and, and here's how I'm getting better. Yes. Right. So people yes. will appreciate and pigment that companies. Sure. You know, I'll speak for LI. I would imagine this is most pigment companies. You're always really focused on making the line better. You learn, you figure, mm -hmm. you, you right. learn. And yeah. um, so aqua today is not the same aqua as you and I knew it yeah. six years ago, even four years ago. Four, three years ago, we made major changes to it, uh, to evolve it. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so when, when things happen with pigment lines, I, I learned from the get go to come out, put it out there, own it and yeah, be super transparent. So yeah, I think all that's helped grow LI. Yeah. And when you were first starting your business, just as you know, doing the permanent makeup and a tattoo artist, what did you do to get clients? Like what kind of marketing did you use or how did you get the word out? 
well, I'm old school like you are. So I, when I started, there was no Facebook, no social media, right. no nothing, right? Yeah. I remember when I developed my first website, you know, for Girls Inc., it was this cheesy little thing that, you know, had these cheesy little graphics, but there was only a handful of websites in the PMU industry at the time. But what I did was hit up the doctors. I learned really quickly to get an appointment with a doctor, to have the doctor's full attention, uh, you got to buy him breakfast. Uh, at least that's the way it is here in Vegas. <laughs> So we would, you know, go into the office, doctor's offices and hit up the manager and book a breakfast. And Kat and I would show up with bagels and coffee and orange juice. And we would get the doc, you know, the doctor would be there, his manager, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we'd do a little presentation. So, yeah, I spent, you know, quite a few years doing that sort of stuff. And I'll tell you, I think today that kind of stuff, the in-person stuff, showing up at the doctor's office and get book, getting a breakfast so you can speak in front of the doctor and his staff, going to the salons, going out and meeting people. Today, even with social media, I think it's still really powerful. Yeah. And I think it's still really important. You know, I mean, my girls here, they do it. I encourage them to go do it. Uh, so yeah, yeah. You know, I think that in-person thing, then hearing your voice and the passion when you speak about your services and what we do is still really powerful. Yeah, I think now more than ever, it's it's funny because that's always been the system that I've taught my students. We have I have a authority or partner a partner referral system that I teach them, and I have it systemized so it seems a, a little bit easier or, or more organized, so to speak. Um, but yeah, it, it's still it's one of those things that you you cannot replace human connection, right? And that idea of even small business to small business, let's help each other. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. Very powerful. Yeah. And I yeah. think a lot of people are not doing that, you know, because they're just relying on Facebook ads or, you know, social media. If they would just go out and walk into the salons, meet hairdressers, meet nail, nail techs, go into doctors like dermatologists, plastic surgeons, cosmetic doctors, um, injection, you know, we have med spas here still. Right. Uh, yeah. If you just go out and you meet them, you know, um, and it can be terrifying, especially, you know, if you're yeah. a nervous person, you know, you're a shy person, but, you know, just practice, you know, your introduction and, and what you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned it just a moment ago, you were able to build a team. And I think what's really key that I see with it, you know, lots of people have teams and so forth, but what I see with your team is it's almost like a family, like you have really created this Girls Inc. bond, really, that is strong. And so my question is, what leadership skills did you have to learn to build that? Because it never starts out that way, right? <laughs> no, I think I started out by telling them, I will never ask you to do anything that I won't do myself. I still yes. take out my own trash. I still clean the bathroom, even though we have a clean, clean way that comes once a week. You got to clean up daily. I just, I, you know, I'm an artist first and foremost. I'm an artist uh, with a clientele. I still have a clientele today. I still see clients, not as many because of all the other responsibilities I have. So I always wanted to relate to my artists as an artist. I don't put myself above them or below them, but I'm their leader. And then my other part of my team is Ashley, Ari, Olivia, you know, the admin team, they're not artists, 
I don't like the word boss. We don't use the word boss, Kat and I. Uh, we don't use the word employees. They're my team. And just, you know, like tomorrow night, we're taking them all out to dinner. So once a month, we take them to dinner. We do a big barbecue at our house in the summer. We're close, April. We're really close. Um, I don't micromanage them. Yeah. You know, they, they take a lunch when they want. They get on their phones. They can check in with their kids, their family. There's no, it's just this easy flow kind of thing. There's no micromanaging them. There's nothing. They come in every day. They believe in me. They believe in Girls Inc. and what we stand for. And they want to work hard for us. And that, I can get really emotional. You know, that's the one subject that I can get really emotional. You know, when, when Kat and I talk about it is because I'm just very proud of them, you know, yeah. and, and what us girls have all created together. It's been a lot of hard work and we love each other. Even with Amber leaving, I mean, you know, we were just up to dinner with her and her husband Saturday night. She'll be here Sunday for uh, tomorrow for a podcast. And she's like me, April. She's a little entrepreneur. She wanted her own space. And, and we've seen that not go well, right, on social media when artists leaves mentor. But for me and Amber, it was a beautiful thing. Uh, Kat's helping her right now pick out some stuff for her studio. We stayed really close. It was a beautiful transition. We love each other dearly. And it wasn't like she left us. It wasn't yeah. like that. takes a lot to get to that point. Maybe just in the human, I'm talking about human growth in terms of like setting aside the ego of she left me, I'm hurt or, you know, and like you said, it's not that way. I'm just saying like things, thoughts that it's easy for people to kind of go to, yeah. right? Well, because you go through some emotions. Yeah, yeah. I would be lying if I said I didn't go through some emotions and have to process some things, but Amber and I were able to process them together. And, you know, Amber was afraid to tell me. She was definitely afraid to tell me, and she almost had a, you know, a breakdown, emotional mm. breakdown telling me that day. And that really hurt me. It's like, you know, I never wanted her to feel that fear of telling me, but she did. I guess I understand, you know, she thought I was going to be really mad and this and that. You are a little taken back. You have to process it. It was never uncomfortable. It was always like I told her, Mm. I saw this coming with you, Amber. Mm. I'm not completely surprised. And, and Michonne wasn't either, you know, because Amber's a lot like me. Yeah. And so you can't clip someone's wings, April. You can't own them. You can't clip their wings. You can't contain them. And nor do I ever want to do that to another human being. Yeah. So to watch her build her own studio and her having to watch her decorated and she, you know, we're watching her go through the stress of what I went through starting my studio. So yeah, yeah it's good. It's all good. It's yeah. all really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, just that you can like really have that perspective, I think, like just because, you know, we're all human. We all had, you know, maybe pains from our childhood that, right. you know, or things of, you know, I said to my husband the other day, like, you know, that's probably like kicking a bruise for me. Like it, it brings up things like maybe with my dad mm -hmm. or whatever, you know what I mean? Like those, yeah. we all have had things. So it's, it's good that you can get to the point where you're like, it's, it's part of the process. Cause a lot of people can look, look at it as like drama or I don't know, or just, you could take it many different roads. Yeah, so yeah, it's amazing yeah. that, like I said, you built that team, you built that family and you're able to lead them in a way you know, where you're able to kind of keep control, but not control, if that makes yeah, sense, right? Yeah, keep, yeah. Keep the organization, but yeah. not control, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with, with the artists, 
in the studio, yeah. right? Because we're artists, we're built yeah. and wired a certain way, right? Yeah. And we're passionate and emotional and we need to feel free, right? As artists. So I knew in order for my artists to stay, because you want your artists to stay, right. I mean, they have to feel free and they have to have the room to make good money. You know, I know some studios take no high percentages. It's really important that they're able to make good income on their services, free to create and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, Amber stayed here about three months after, you know, she told us she was leaving and not, not one day was uncomfortable. Uh, you know, we talked yeah. about her new studio and, you know, and, and just all this stuff. And, you know, we're, we'll start up classes again together next year. Right now, this year we're not because of COVID, you know, right, it's hard right. to be in a mask and train. But yeah, so yeah, I'm really proud of them. Proud, if you were to ask me my most proudest achievement, my best achievement ever in my career, it would be my team. Without mm. a doubt, I wouldn't even have to think twice about it. It's my team here. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So we see where you're at today, right? And got, and you've got your head on right and all of those things. But we all know that the journey is never, you know, an easy path, right? It's never just just everything's rosy and so forth. So maybe take us to a time where there was a stumbling block or a moment that you had doubts or felt like, you know, throwing in the towel or just any, any time where you just, you know, maybe there was like a little dip in the road and, and what, what did you learn from it? Okay. I almost quit about three years into PM because I didn't know any better. You know, you, you know what you're taught, you know, I was taught a three round liner, five round liner. That was it. You're taught you know, one movement. And back then you weren't really taught anything, you know, more on the creative artistic side. It was very just fundamental uh, back then. And I didn't like the way my work was healing at all. So I, that's what kind of prompted me to get into body tattooing. And I was going to quit PMU. My brows were turning different colors and whatnot. And that really sucked. You don't have to deal with that and face people when, you know, <laughs> you did their brows and a year later they're red or yeah. blue or whatever color they are. And I, I just had kind of had it. So I went into body tattooing with every intention of leaving PMU and being a body tattooer. Uh, but what that ended up doing for me was um, teaching me bigger needles. That's where I learned to make needles, spent a lot of years making needles. And it expanded my, my toolbox, my knowledge, my artistic you know, ability. And, and it made my PMU better. So I didn't end up quitting PMU, thank God. But th that was, um, you know, my start in PMU was not easy. You know, I had, I was broke as all broke and, uh, no social media. It was hard to get going back then. And I can remember so many times where I could barely pay. I, I just, I had to reach out to my dad. Couldn't pay my rent, you know, back then. And my rent was like $99, I think a week back then or something like that. <laughs> Couldn't pay it, April. So, yeah, a lot of struggles. You know, I think about maybe like five years into my career, I felt I was really coming into my own as far as my artistic ability and more stable with my, my schedule and my income and whatnot, you know, and then, you know, and then just things start organically happening when I reached out uh, to me to be a distributor. But when you talk about struggle, I think I, I have struggles a lot because of uh, personal struggles that can affect your your business because I am like riddled with anxiety. So definitely OCD, 
and anxiety, horrible anxiety. You know, I used to go to therapy and you know, I don't take medication for it. Medication doesn't work well for me. So it's just law of attraction, self-talk, meditation helps me control it. But you never know when it's going to hit you. And I think with my anxiety comes a lot of self-doubt. So I can get really, really, really self-doubt. And uh, and it's a struggle. It's a struggle. People just see you online, right? My little videos and tutorials I do. But of course, I'm not making them when I'm riddled with anxiety and self-doubt and having a breakdown feeling um, I'm not doing enough or sometimes you even feel like you're not worthy. You just have this crap, you know, yeah. that comes out of left field and it's heavy. You know, yeah. for me, it's heavy. It can get really heavy. And the, so that's my struggle. It's my constant struggle is dealing with the anxiety and, um, and self-doubt. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's so inspirational because we all go through those moments, right? And so yeah. we see you and you seem so confident and, you know, laid back and to know that, look, under the surface, there's a lot going on with you as well. Like, you know, it doesn't yeah. just magically all come together and, you know, no unicorns and rainbows. Yeah, for sure. And it, and it comes and goes, you know, it's not every day you're in full on anxiety, but it's right. always there. You always know it's there and you're always just kind of waiting for it to hit you. And that alone can give you a little bit of, you know, anxiety. But I don't, you know, one thing about, I don't like the way I look on video and stuff. Mm. Like I'll watch, I won't watch this whole thing. I'll watch a little clip and then I'll just like, I won't watch it. Cause I don't, I'm not somebody that likes the way I look when I see mm. myself in a video or a picture or something. So I have a lot of, <laughs> you know, mental stuff about that. I do this weird thing with my mouth when I talk, I think, you know, so I can just watch and like pick myself apart, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really bad. So, yeah. but, you know, I try to get over that, work through it, try to tell yourself it's not really real, you know, the anxiety speaking, right? So, and I, I, that's why I didn't show up on Instagram for the longest time, even though I knew the power of the platform, I'd always thought I'm not fancy enough for Instagram. Like Instagram always seemed like it had to be so put together. And I thought, you know, I can show up and talk about a subject and I can hold my own in that. And if it's just me talking, but to put together all of the fanciness, I just never could. Now I'll just hire somebody to do it. But yeah, even, I'm not fancy oh, like, either. Yeah, yeah. I am so not a fancy girl at all. <laughs> yeah. I think I just get by on social media, on Instagram. Yeah. I just get by, you know, yeah. I'm good enough. <laughs> yeah. So what's one thing that you wished you would have known? Like if you could go back and, you know, tell your younger self or one thing that you wish you would have known when starting? Probably the big thing was to follow my gut. You know, now I follow my gut, you know, I, but back then I did not April and did not follow my gut. I got to myself into situation with clients and, you know, things, but because you don't listen to that, you know, that internal voice. And now, um, I know a hundred percent that, you know, that gut feeling that is there by masterful design, right? That's our internal warning. And I listen to it now, you know, I follow my gut now. But I did not for a long time. And the worst, some of the worst situations I ever got in was because I didn't listen to my gut. <laughs> so I, I would say that's probably one of the biggest things right. I wished. Yeah. Yeah. Follow your gut. And so would you give that same advice to then, you know, somebody new that's starting then? Yes. Yeah. You know, I was just out, I told you I was just out to do with Amber Saturday night. And 
and she sat down and, you know, couldn't wait to get a drink and, you know, because she had had a stressful client. Mm. And she said, T, you always say, listen to your gut. And with this client, mm. I knew my gut was telling me, I knew, I knew, yet I did her eyebrows. Mm. And for 24 hours straight, she said multiple texts, 24 hours. This lady was just constantly like, you know, blowing up her phone. Mm. They're crooked, the this, the this, the this, you ruined my face. And she goes, I, and I knew, and you were in my head. Cause I tell them all the time, listen to your gut. It's there to warn you, you know, but you know, developing that voice, which Amber's still doing to, she's intuitive with her gut. She knows what it's telling her. She knows it's a warning, but she still hasn't developed her boundaries and that voice to be able to, you know, tell a client, this isn't going to work out today. You know, I don't think I'm the artist for you. And, you know, that's hard to do, right? Yeah, it takes yeah. courage to tell yeah. a client that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so she's, yeah, it, it takes a lot of courage to, to recognize that and to voice it and to not move forward with the, with the procedure. But it was a good lesson for her. And so I think moving forward, she's going to have a lot more courage. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, but it takes going through it to then build the courage because courage yeah. is like a muscle, right? And so yeah. if you don't have that experience of like having the, the challenging, you know, client, then you don't know how to handle it the next time you do. Right. right. And, and actually having that moment of you almost like, I don't want to say betray yourself, but basically, you know, like I call it like when we don't listen to our gut, I call it like a stain on the soul. Like you're just like, oh, cause you just, you weren't you know. in it. Yeah. You, you know, knew. yeah. You, you're like, you weren't I in integrity. Knew. Yes. You knew better and you weren't in integrity with yourself. And then, but then that lesson, cause it yeah. can't, it really can't come any other way. <laughs> no, it can't come any other way. And I had to go through it over and over and over and over. You know, I was bullied growing up for really bad. And I think that had a lot to do with why I didn't listen to my gut with aggressive clients or clients that you could tell weren't very nice or not mm -hmm. going to be very nice. If things didn't heal exactly the way they wanted. Yeah, I would kind of cower down and move forward, but it took some years to get out of that mentality of be being bullied, be not finding my voice. I think people look at me today and they think I've always had a strong voice. I've always had strong boundaries. But when you come from a place of being bullied and that, because that really beats you down, right? That really beats you down and gives you a lot of fear. You live with fear for a long time. That might be where my, some of my anxiety comes from, but you know, you should almost start from scratch, building your confidence and, and finding that voice and setting boundaries. It's big for me now today, setting boundaries. Yeah. yeah and it just comes the hard way, unfortunately. Like yeah, it does yeah. come the hard way now. And it's hard. Cat yeah. has really good boundaries, you know, um, because now, you know, you, I get a lot of people that come at me from all different directions wanting to, you know, do this and work on that and collab on, you know, all kinds of things, you know. And so, and I'm like a yes girl, like, oh, yeah, that would be so fun. Oh, yeah, you know. So even with like, you know, Kat will step in. No, your schedule, like, you've got all these deadlines for the next six months. You can't take on one more project, not one more, you know. So I guess that's where I still struggle with boundaries mm -hmm. is, um taking on too many projects and so you just don't have a day off and you've got all these deadlines beating on you and stuff like that. So, yeah, so I'm still, you know, we're always a work in progress, you know, yeah. Yeah. but everything sounds so cool, April. I want to do it all, you know? <laughs>
like collaborating, you know, and I like well, helping these young, like these artist series. I got two new artist series, you know, we're working on right now, you know, but these younger artists, you know, I know I can, I, you know, like what I can contribute can really like lift them up and give this, give them this platform to go on and just, you know, and, and do great things. And so yeah. I, I really like doing that. I really like working with other artists, especially yeah. newer artists, younger artists, or maybe artists that they're just starting to build their name for themselves. So I, I really, and they, they're so talented and they're so nice. So I, I like to get involved with people like that. Yeah. And I think people think that as you get successful, that it gets easier and it does in certain ways. I mean, you definitely get more opportunities, but then those opportunities can also pile on because like you said, you don't know which way, you know, what to say no to and everything, right? There's just so much more opportunities, which is good. It's a blessing, but there's just so much more to manage. So being successful doesn't necessarily mean that it gets easier. Um, it's just, it's more opportunities to navigate and really. Yeah, I think when you reach a level of success, whatever that, however you define that, right? I think what comes with that is a sense of security, maybe, you know, there's just a sense of not complacency, you know, mm -hmm. we're never complacent, but just this little sense of like security, but yeah, but it doesn't get, it gets easier, like you said, in some ways, like, you know, yeah. you feel a little more secure and, um. Uh, but, but it gets a whole lot harder in, in other ways, like you, yeah. just, you just mentioned. And how do you define success? I define success by peace, joy, feeling happy with yourself, time with my family, my partner, cat, my animals, my friends. I have a great group of girlfriends here in Vegas. Having time with them. Being able to, of course, you reach a level of, of income where you can afford medical insurance now. You know, because it's so expensive. So, you know, I can afford medical insurance. Uh, I, we even have it for our, our team. So you reach a, a place of income where you can afford the things in life that are necessity, like insurance. But mostly, I would say peace, April. Just the sent, you know, time away where I can be with my family, unplugging enjoying everything that you've worked really hard for the last 20 years, being able to enjoy it. And I'm still working on that. Uh, everything I mentioned, I'm not saying I'm really great at it yet, <laughs> because, but I recognize that that is my new definition of success, you know, and I think COVID helped me with that. So moving forward, trying to keep that yeah. balance. So balance, I guess, would be the definition of success for me today. Happiness. It's like you got that little glimmer of you know what it is like on the other side and so now finding yeah yeah that balance like and, and it's important and I don't yeah. think I realized how important it was because I'm somebody who loves my job right it's not right. a job I love what I do and I don't mind working seven days a week you know yeah. but when I want to take a weekend off and unplug and go quadding or camping I'm working on not feeling the guilt yes you know yeah. To be able to do that, not feel like right. my business is going to crash if I leave right. for two days, you know, because yes. this thing that I have. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We all do. Yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So then who are three people that were very influential on bringing you to this point? Oh, uh, first and foremost, Margie Grimm. Oh, okay. For sure. I cannot not mention her. You know, she was a mentor of mine for 13 years. She taught me how to lecture. I remember, I remember going flying down her house in uh, San Jose, and you know, I would 
stand up and flip through, you know, a PowerPoint. And she would teach me how to lecture and my, what my mannerisms should be. And, this, and I remember I said, um, a lot, you know, and, you know, she would get on me for saying, um, too much. But yeah, no, Margie, Margie Grimm for sure was, was one a huge, huge impact on, uh, on, on my life, per, both personally and, and business. I learned a lot from that woman. And uh, I think I learned how to be a good trainer from her, good speaker from her, learned a lot. You know, there's lots of things I learned from her that will carry through me the rest of my life. And I've been able to pass that on to those that I mentor. Uh, definitely Eddie Lynn, my body tattoo mentor. I still, we, we still, you know, in touch a little bit today, but he was a huge influence on me. You know, he taught me how to make needles. He taught me so much stuff, April. And uh, he put the coil machine in my hand for Pete's sake, you know, and that was the machine I used for 12 years. So I would definitely say Eddie. And then I, I just got to say my wife, Kat, you yeah. know, she would be the top three as well, because she was somebody when the days and times that I don't believe in myself, when I'm having a hard time, she's my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. She reminds me. So, yeah. So, no, definitely Kat. I wouldn't be here yeah. today if it wasn't yeah. for Kat. I couldn't do this. I never would have opened up the Girls Inc. studio if it wasn't for Kat. Yeah. I would not have, I might not have been an online distributor if it wasn't for Kat. You have to be conscious that your business relationship doesn't overpower and, you know, eat up all your romantic relationship because that can happen. And so then what are you excited about for the industry or what predictions do you see or what's coming up? I'm really excited to see all the amazing talent in artistry, right? Because there was a time, you remember, when there wasn't a lot of that creative, like, you know, wit shading and this and all that beautiful work. I mean, it was really prevalent in body tattooing, but not so much in PMU. So to watch the explosion of the talent, just the raw, the talent. I mean, there's hundreds and thousands of people doing beautiful work. I love that. It's, I, I love looking at it. It makes me really proud. I love that for the PMU industry. I think 2022 is going to be a great, great year. I know America the Beautiful is coming back in October. I think the conventions are going to be all popping and opening back up. We're all going to be able to see each other. I predict 2002 is going to be a great year. My other prediction is I think the big needle's coming back, April. Yes. I think it is. I think it you, is. So then I have to ask you, people always want to know what's your favorite needle, favorite service needle machine and pigment. Go. Well, I don't have like one favorite service. I'm honest to God. I mean... I love eyebrows, eyeliner, lips, and areolas. Those are my four, and I love removals. So I have five. If I had to pick one, like only one, I'd probably pick eyebrows, you know, if I had to pick one. But since I don't have to pick, those five really are my, my faves. Those are what I do. Um, eyeliner, I love it when it's done. So let's eyeliner. go to brows then and go brows, needle, machine, pigment. So my favorite needle for brows is the eight shader. You know, I've been using that for 10 years or more. I love the eight shader. But when we were testing Loaded, right, I had to make sure Loaded, that's our new organic. Uh, it's not new anymore. It's been about a year. But I had to make sure that performed for the single needle, right? Because that's the big trend now in the industry is single needle working more shallow and whip shading. That's the trend right now. That's what everybody's learning. That's what everybody's doing. Yeah. Um, so I had to make sure Loaded performed for that. And we increased the pigment load and the strength of Aqua. 
because Aqua was not performing as well for that particular style of working. And so we had to increase the strength of Aqua so it would perform uh, for that type of work now and loaded. So I got on the single needle and my first three, terrible. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, you know, but by four, you know, I kind of got my groove. I mean, I got good friends that do single needle, Clarissa, you know, Stefania at the UK, Nah, you know, those are my good friends. So I was able to like, you know, get some pointers and stuff from them. You know, by my fourth, fifth single needle brow is kind of coming in my own. And then I ended up enjoying it, to be honest with you. Mm. So every now and then with, with the skin's right, I will get on a single needle and whip out the ball. But I'll never be a full on single needle for an entire brow now that all the testing's done. Um, I just love my eight shader. I think I'm best with that eight shader in my hand. So eight shader, brows, eight shader, favorite pigment. Well, LI, my favorite color, like if I had picked one color. Yeah. To work with for the rest of my career. Yep. Classic brown. Yeah, and probably machine. Right now I am digging the Valhalla, but I, you know, I've always been a machine junkie. I never have used just one machine. You too. Yeah. Even with my coils, I had like five Mickey Sharps. I had a couple times. I always had different coils, shaped different, you know. I love the Valhalla. I love the Bishop Phantom, Bishop V6. Love those machines. But the Valhalla, that's the newest machine. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's gotten into my hands over the last three months. I've been really obsessed with Valhalla. Yeah. And when you said classic brown, that's just LI Aqua. That's not the loaded or. No, 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 no. So classic brown in the LI Aqua. And then the loaded line, if I had to pick up, probably saddle, probably saddle brown. I just had to, I had to put you on the spot. It's not yeah. like I'm putting you on the spot and saying, set the record straight. Do you believe in UFOs? <laughs> <laughs> well, I live in Vegas, you know. I mean, oh, yes. The right. desert. Yeah. So <laughs> area 51 is like right down the road. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't even think about that. That's absolutely yeah. Okay. So my question is for you, just as we kind of wrap up and I'm, I'm going to give you a moment to let everyone know where they can find you and what's coming up and what you're excited about. Actually, let's do that now. Tell them all the handles, all the socials, all the places they can find you, anything you're excited that you want to tell us about. Okay. So what on Instagram? All of the places. Uh, okay. Uh, my, my personal account, at Tat Girls Inc. Tat Girls Inc. And then uh, the studio is at Girls Inc. Studio. So you can yep. find us on Instagram there. And, of course, we have Lift, Lift Ink Removal. So yep. you can find all about Lift there as well. On Facebook, Girls Inc. Studio, Taryn Darling. Yeah. Is that it? I'm not on Twitter. Yeah. Well, we'll put it all in the show notes, but I didn't know if there was anything else that you wanted to tell anything that's exciting that you're excited for that's coming up, any announcements or anything like that? Well, to... you know, we, we've got the new queen line coming, you know, that was, it was done April, the queen line. So the queen line is a series of uh, six colors and formulated specifically for African-American skin, specifically, yes. So we've got the queen line coming out. It was due to launch and then COVID hit. Mm. And then that put like, you know, bottles, trying to get bottles and caps and, you know, the box packaging has been um, a nightmare. It's been really delayed. So th there was a delay on that. And then I don't know if you've heard, but, you know, the EU put out a whole new list of colorants 
um, and ingredients that will no longer be allowed in pigments in Europe, uh, January 2022. So some of those yellows that made it to the list were in the queen line. So we're reformulating. So poor queen has been delayed a couple of times, but that will come out uh, this fall, early winter. So that's coming. And then just the Girls Inc. Academy, you know, we've got uh, two new classes launching in the next two months that I'm really super excited about. You know, we always get new products showing up on the store, Girls Inc. store. So yeah, yeah. there's always something. And my, oh, my podcast, which I'll yeah. have to have you be a guest. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love called, to. Yeah, it's called Tatter of Fact. So we're, I think I got about eight all edited and done in the pipeline. So I've been researching podcasts. I've been listening to podcasts. I took a little class, trying to learn to be a good interviewer. You're a really good interviewer. Mm. Yeah, because there's things you got to learn. It's an art. Do you, yeah. Don't you think it's an art to be able to interview and carry a conversation, right? I do. And I feel like I always, before the interview, I think about what questions would I want or what would I want to know as a listener? What do yeah. I want to hear about? What's going? What am I going to find inspiration in? What am right. I going to feel? You know, right. some interviews are more for let's talk about you know LinkedIn or let's talk about what's right. worked, and then some are you know or procedure. You're talking about how you do something, and others are more of like sharing the story of the journey, right? Yeah. And then also like I have some questions, but I just kind of also see where the conversation's going and right. and let it be organic and just kind of happen that way. Yeah. So yeah. it's, I mean, I definitely feel like I've gotten better as you do it, right? You know, you start to say, okay, this is how it can be a little bit better this way. Or oh way. yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they see the progression, how I got better. Uh, I, I brought in a little coach to watch like my first couple of uh, podcasts. And as my guest was talking, this is a bad habit of mine. I wonder if you can relate at all. So as the guest was talking, you know, they're just talking and I'd be go, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And, and so he would say, no, like you don't say anything until they've said their last word. I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be so hard because I want them to know that I'm listening and it's just this habit. But um, when you play it back, you're like, oh yeah, that doesn't sound very good. You know, yeah. so here's me constantly going, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I do this. I'm like nodding the whole time. And so yeah. thank goodness it's not on, you know, it's, 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 you know, audio, not video, because the whole time I'm like, yes, I can't help but not nod. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's right. what you do because you're just like, yes, you're in agreement. So yeah, there's little oh. things that we have to catch ourselves doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't like myself on video anyway, you know, so I made, I, mean, I edited it to be a little darker, you know, so like, you know, I don't see like this all nice and bright and shiny, but yeah, but it's fun. I mean, I'm really digging it. It's creative. I had to buy all the cameras, the equipment, learn to like do a little editing and whatnot. And so it's just something new for me to learn and, and do and really enjoy it, really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, a lot. So I hope people like it, you know. You're always you're afraid proud. you're going to get made fun of, I guess. You know, especially in social media now. I mean, that's one of, that's one of my things that, you know, en- enter your mind. You know, those, those uh, racing thoughts that you get, mm. you know, that, you know, you're going to get made fun of or blasted somehow. And, uh, you know, so that's always a fear. So hopefully people like it. No, they, they'll definitely love it. So mm-hmm. awesome. So then tell us the name of that again so we can check it out. It's a tatter of fact. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. I always end with something of 
you know, anything that you want to add to make this complete, anything that you feel that we didn't cover, anything that you would like to get out, like, a, you know, if there was a question that I didn't ask you that you would have wanted. And then also I like to have you, so these would be two separate ones, just to finish with, um, what brings you joy? Oh, what brings me joy is, you know, a cat, my, my fur babies, my three dogs, you know, we quad. Cat and I like to be in nature. So we just, we're out Monday. Mondays, we go out into the desert, a place called Logandale. It's about an hour north of Vegas. And you just get on your quad, you know, with cat, my friends. and that's Which is a four-wheeler. A four-wheeler. During the lockdown, I have to see my friends. So we we're trying to figure out a safe, responsible way yeah. to still see each other. And, you know, not get the virus or give each other the virus. So we started four-wheeling. I have to say, it's one of the only times in life right now I feel free. I mean free because you have to pay attention and you, you go fast and you're going up hills and sand and, you know, nothing's on your mind but your surroundings and what you're doing. So it makes me feel really free. And when I feel free, I feel joy. And then anything to make this complete, anything that you'd want to add? I'll leave you with a quote. This is a quote that I say to myself often and uh, and have to and remind other people that I care about, you know, because we're all on social media, right? We're all on social media. We're all trying to grow our business and be better, do better, grow, grow. You know, I see it, myself included. And, and I guess one of my favorite quotes is comparison is the thief of joy. And I have to remind myself of that all the mm. time. So I guess with social media, when we're on social media, is to use it as inspiration rather than comparison. And that takes a conscious effort and it takes discipline, right? So you can be scrolling and looking on social media what other people are doing. And you can get on there and feel really good about something. Look, I just spent all day working on my this one academy of course. I made a lot of headway today. And then you can get on and see that, you know, five people just launched this, you know, the same course you're launching on or whatever it may be. And then in a second, you can feel like oh, I'm not doing enough, I'm not working fast enough. I'm not getting my projects released fast enough. It can really be a downer. So try to use social media and Instagram as a place of inspiration, you know, rather than comparison. And I think if we can all be aware that we do do that. We all do that to ourselves. Yeah. Catch it when you're doing it. Don't allow it to go on and on. Stop it. Catch it. And uh, I think we'll all be happier people. We'll all be happier people, right? So it's so true. Yeah, because it's self-inflicted doubt is what it is. It's self-inflicted doubt. Self-inflicted. I'm 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 not I'm not as good as I thought I was. I'm not doing as well as I thought I was. I'm not doing yeah. enough. Right. All those things, especially if you have a good work ethic. You know, you're right. a good work ethic and you know, you like progressing and moving forward and all that stuff, which a lot of us do, right? Yeah, it, it can be a source of great inspiration, great networking, great connection, but it can also be a place where we compare ourselves, you know, to right. others. Yeah. So. so good. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time, guys. If you're listening, take a screenshot and share it to social. So use it in that way and tag us both. So you can let Taryn know that you enjoyed this interview and also rewind it, listen to it again. There are so many good gems in there of just wisdom, just really strong lessons learned. So, so thank you so much for being with us and we'll see you in the next episode. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also, definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, Hugs and High Fives. See you next week.